For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the spiritual battle between Jacob and Esau. This is part one of the series. In sharing with you the spiritual battle between Jacob and Esau, we're going to be sharing with you a very detailed and comprehensive teaching explaining the spiritual characteristics of Esau. Because in this teaching we will cover with you so much biblical material, we want to first share with you a summary of all the things that we're going to be sharing with you, particularly about Esau in his battle with Jacob in this study. And it is as follows. Esau's alternative name is Edom, which means red. Edom in Hebrew is associated with the ground. Edom in Hebrew is associated with man who is flesh. Esau is associated with being a man of the world. Esau is associated with only caring about himself. Esau is associated with pride. Esau is associated with hating your brother. Esau is associated with murder and violence. Esau is associated with being inconsiderate to others. Esau is associated with being disobedient to parents. Esau is associated with the root of bitterness. Esau is associated with fornication. Esau is associated with grass, thorns, and stubble. Esau is associated with wickedness. The nature of Esau is to come beside and alongside Israel, or what the God of Israel is doing in this world, in order to divide and usurp. Esau is associated with mixture in order to deceive. So as we can see from all these things, Esau doesn't follow the Torah. And as a result, Esau is a child of the wicked one or Hasatan. These things are a summary of the spiritual characteristics of Esau. And as we can see, these spiritual characteristics are associated with the world, the ways of the world, the flesh, carnality, the values of this world, the concern about I, and the various things of the flesh, such as pride and selfishness, being immoral, wicked, deceitful. And all these things are anti-Torah, and they are associated with the kingdom of darkness, of which Hasatan rules and reigns over. That being the case, let me emphasize that these things regarding Esau 
are spiritual characteristics. Just because somebody is a physical descendant of Esau does not automatically mean that they are going to have these attributes. These are spiritual characteristics that is associated with the kingdom of darkness of which Esau is associated with. So these things are primarily spiritual. So after we examine how Esau is associated with the world, its values, materialism, sexual immorality, the flesh, carnality, being deceitful, embracing, and pursuing those things that are temporary rather than eternal, and thus being wicked, these things we will cover in the initial part of our teaching. And then we're going to see how Esau operates in the political dimension and how he uses politics and power to seek to impose upon others his values. So in doing so, we will understand that the government of the God of Israel is associated with the Melchizedek priesthood. The Melchizedek priesthood is a part of the government of the God of Israel. And we're going to see how Adam was given the position of being the first Melchizedek priest to administer the kingdom of God on earth after the creation of this world. And then we're going to study how Noah ended up being the eighth Melchizedek priest to administer the kingdom of God on earth from the creation of the world, and that Esau was in position to be the twelfth Melchizedek priest of the kingdom of the God of Israel from the creation of the world, and thus be in position to rule and reign with the God of Israel in his kingdom from the foundation of the world. However, Esau despised this office, and Jacob desired it. And as a result, Esau sold his birthright, which is an abbreviated name for the Melchizedek office in the kingdom of the God of Israel. And we will see how Esau is associated with power and influence as Esau is described as having a hairy garment, which indicates a position of authority. But the biblical use of describing this garment as being hairy indicates Esau's willingness to use his position of power to deceive others. The Bible gives us a detailed account of the sons of Esau and how his sons organized themselves to become leaders of clans, kings, pharaohs and leaders of governments and Esau often rises to power as he first comes alongside another for the purpose of usurping their authority initially he tries to blend with that people's culture while mixing their gods with his gods we're going to see that historically Esau is associated with the Hyksos foreign invaders who went to Egypt and became pharaohs in the Bible, Esau is associated not only through his political influence, but his economic influence as well. As a result, Esau is associated with Tyre and the Phoenician people. And Tyre was historically a great commercial power along the Mediterranean Sea in the Middle East. Then we're going to see how Esau is associated with Greece and Rome or the Western world how Esau is associated with Babylon, how Esau is associated with the United States of America. Politically, the Bible associates Esau with the kings of the earth. The king of Tyre is called a merchant, 
or an economic trader. Hasatan is called a merchant. We will see how the judgment of Esau in the end of days is associated with the judgment that is specified upon Tyre and the end time daughter of Babylon, which we're going to explain to you is the United States of America. Then we're going to examine the details from Genesis chapter 25 that describes the circumstances and the situation regarding the birth of Jacob and Esau and see how what happened at their birth is a prophecy of their conflict in each generation until we come to the end of days. As a result, we will understand that biblical history is prophecy. And what happened to our forefathers is a prophecy of what will happen to their descendants and us. Regarding the birth of Jacob and Esau, the Bible tells us that they were twins. However, in the Hebrew, the word for twins is not spelled in its fullness. In other words, it is spelled defectively. This is a prophecy that even though Jacob and Esau were twins, they were not identical twins. And particularly, they had two different worldviews. When Jacob grabbed Esau's heel, when he was born, it was a prophecy that at the end, Jacob will prevail over Esau. And then we're going to see that given that Jacob served Laban for 20 years, and after that he was instructed by the God of Israel to return to the land of Israel, that on his way back to the land, Jacob confronted Esau in Genesis chapter 32. And in this confrontation, Esau prepared himself for war against Jacob. As a result, Jacob was afraid. And this is a prophecy of Jacob's trouble, which is a term for the end of days in the tribulation period, when as a result of the events that are happening in the world, it will cause Jacob to be greatly afraid. But Jacob and Esau ended up embracing each other. But the biblical text suggests that Esau's embrace of Jacob was not sincere. The Hebrew text suggests that there's a hidden meaning to the embrace or the kiss of Esau, that in Esau's heart he wanted to bite, hurt, or kill Jacob. And thus this is a prophecy of Esau's heart intent to hurt Jacob. And then when Jacob wrestled with the angel until the break of dawn, it's a prophecy of Jacob wrestling with whether Yeshua is the Messiah. And in this we are referring to the Judah or the house of Judah part of Jacob, who as a corporate people wrestle with whether Yeshua is the Messiah until the end of the exile and when Yeshua sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives at his second coming. Then finally, and then we're going to see how this spiritual battle between Jacob and Esau is associated with the final generation before Yeshua sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives and the end of this present world wherein the fourth beast in Daniel 7 is Rome, who is associated with Esau. And the present exile of the house of Jacob is called the exile of Esau, because it was initiated by Rome, who waged war against Jerusalem in the temple in 70 AD and ended up taking the Jewish people into captivity. Then historically, the house of Judah, the southern kingdom of the Jews, were never able to defeat Esau by themselves, except they had the help of their brethren of the northern kingdom, 
the ten tribes, Ephraim, or the house of Joseph. According to the prophecy of the dry bones in Ezekiel chapter 37, in the two sticks, Judah and Ephraim becoming one, the prophecy tells us in Ezekiel chapter 37 that Joseph and Judah will be reunited upon the mountains of Israel, which biblically is Judea and Samaria, of which the world calls Judea and Samaria the West Bank, and the mountains of Israel includes Jerusalem. Their reunification will take place upon the end of the exile of the house of Jacob. And the Messiah will wage war against Esau and defeat Esau when he gathers and unites the twelve tribes of Israel or Jacob. So this is a summary of the things that we're going to be covering in this teaching. Understanding the spiritual battle between Jacob and Esau is fundamental to understanding the entire Bible. So let's begin by looking at the spiritual characteristics of Esau. Esau in the Bible was called Edom, or in Hebrew, Edom, whose root meaning in Hebrew means red. We can see this in Genesis chapter 36 verse 8 as it is written, Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. Edom is the Strong's number 123 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. It's the Hebrew word Edom, which comes from the Strong's number 122, which is Adam, or in Hebrew, Adam, which is associated with red. So in Genesis chapter 25, verse 30, we can see a Hebrew wordplay on Esau's name Edom when he desired to obtain from Jacob some pottage, which is called red. In Genesis chapter 25, verse 30, it is written, And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red. The Hebrew word is Adam, or Adam. For I am faint, therefore was his name called Edom, or in Hebrew, Adom. The Strong's number 123. So, Adom, which was translated as red in Genesis chapter 25, verse 30, is spelled the same as Adam which is translated as man in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, which we would say in English, Adam. So Esau's name, Edom or Edom, is linguistically in Hebrew associated with man, which is Adam or Adom, which is associated with the Hebrew word for dirt or ground, which is Adama. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 it is written, And the Lord God formed man, Adam, of the dust of the ground, Adama. Ground is the Strong's number 127. So Esau, whose name is Edom or Edom, is the same Hebrew letters as Adam or Adam, and Adam means man, and man is associated with the flesh. So therefore, Esau or Edom is associated with the flesh. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5, it is written, Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man, and makes flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. So Esau, whose name is Edom, which means red, is associated with our sins. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, it is written, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be red, Adam, like crimson. So Esau is associated with being a man of the field. He's worldly. We can see this from Genesis chapter 25 verse 27 as it is written. 
And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. And then in Matthew chapter 13, verse 38, Yeshua identified the field as being the world. So Esau is called a man of the field, which is associated with the world. A characteristic of Esau is he only cares about himself. In other words, Esau is into me, myself, and I. We can see this in Genesis chapter 25, verse 32, as it is written. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? He didn't care about the future or future generations. He was only concerned about how his present situation pertained to him. Esau is associated with a prideful heart. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 3. It is written, The vision of Obadiah, thus says the Lord God concerning Edom or Esau. And then it says, The pride of your heart has deceived you. Esau hates his brother. In Genesis chapter 27 verse 41 it is written, And Esau hated Jacob. Esau is associated with murder and violence. We can see this from Genesis chapter 27 verse 41 as it is written. And Esau hated Jacob. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. In Obadiah chapter 1 verse 10 it is written, For your violence against your brother Jacob, shame will cover you, and you will be cut off forever. A spiritual characteristic of Esau is he is inconsiderate to others. When the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, and as they were passing through the land of Edom or Esau, on their way to the promised land, Edom would not let Israel pass through. In Numbers chapter 20 verse 20 it is written, And he said, You shall not go through. And Edom came out against him with much people and with a strong hand. Numbers chapter 20 verse 21. Thus Edom refused to give Israel passage through his border. Wherefore Israel turned away from him. Esau is associated with being disobedient to parents. In Genesis chapter 28 verse 6 it is written. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob. And that as he blessed him he gave him a charge saying. You shall not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Nevertheless, we can see in Genesis chapter 36 verse 2 that Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan. Next, we're going to see that Esau married Hittite women, and these were daughters of Canaan. We can see how this is so, beginning in Genesis chapter 9 verse 18, where we see that Ham is a father of the Canaanites, as it is written. And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. One of the sons of Canaan was Heth, who are the Hittites. In Genesis chapter 10, verses 15 through 18, it is written, And Canaan begat Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth from which came the Hittites. And then it also goes on to list in verses 16 and 17, the Jebusite, the Amorite, the Girgashite, and the Hivite. Genesis chapter 10 verse 18. And afterward were the families of the Canaanites spread abroad. So next we're going to see that Esau married Hittite women who were daughters of Canaan, of which he was instructed not to do. In Genesis chapter 26, verses 34 and 35, it is written, And Esau was forty years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Bari the Hittite. 
in Bashamoth, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and to Rebekah. So now we're going to see that Esau married a Hittite and a Horite. In Genesis chapter 36, verse 2, it is written, And Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan, Adah, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and Ohalibamah, the daughter of Anat, the daughter of Zibion the Hivite. Now Genesis chapter 36, verse 20, These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, who inhabited the land, Lotan, and Shobal, and Zibion, and Anah. A spiritual characteristic of Esau is he gets offended. Esau was offended that Jacob received the blessing from his father Isaac instead of him. In Genesis chapter 27, verse 38 and verse 41, it is written, And Esau said unto his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. Esau is associated with the root of bitterness. We can see this from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 15 and 16, as it is written. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any profane person as Esau. Esau is associated with sexual immorality, being a fornicator and homosexual. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16, it is written, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. The word fornicator is the Strong's number 4205 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. It is the Greek word pornos, from which we get the English word pornography. And here we can see the definition given for this word is a male prostitute. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, it is written, For whoremongers for them that defile themselves with mankind. So the same Greek word pornos was translated in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 as a fornicator and in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 10 as a whoremonger. Next we're going to see that Israel is associated with wheat and Esau is associated with a tear, which often looks like wheat, but it is not. We can see how Israel is associated with wheat from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 7 and 8, as it is written, For the Lord your God brings you into a good land, a land of wheat. So Yeshua told a parable about the wheat and the tares. The tare is Esau. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 25, it is written, And while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares. The Hebrew word would be esev, which is a cognate of Esau, among the wheat, and went his way. And then in Matthew chapter 13, verse 38, Yeshua defined the tares as the children of the wicked one. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 25, the word wheat is the Strong's number 4621 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. And it is the Greek word sitos. It is from this word which comes the English word parasite. Or in Greek, it would be parasitos. Para means to be alongside of or beside, and sitos is the Greek word for wheat. So parasitos, or in English parasite, means alongside the wheat. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the spiritual battle between Jacob and Esau. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.